Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Serial Coma, um, hosted by yours truly, Malabada Charji, and uh, my beloved partner in crime, uh, Scandalous Women's Elizabeth Carey Mahone. Um, want to say hi? I have to I'm say just... that music was fantastic. Oh, fantastic. I'm glad you liked it. It was very, very yes. soap opera. Yes. I went searching. I thought it was really, uh, really effective. Uh, theme music, so I'm, I'm glad you liked it. That was the first time you got to hear it. <laughs> so, so this week, um, I think it was really funny because our first episode, we discussed the really shocking casting news of Steve Burton coming back to General Hospital, and apparently Bold and the Beautiful kind of looked at General Hospital and went, hold my beer. <laughs> <laughs> yes, they did. Or in this case, hold my well, I'm not gonna say. Um yeah, <laughs> when when the news came out that they had recast the role of Thorn on the Bold of the Bold and the Beautiful, which had been played for the past twenty some odd years by Windsor Harmon, and that now Ingo Rademacher who played Jax on General Hospital as the new Thorn, I think I almost fell on the floor. Yeah. I mean, I, it, um, it, it, go ahead. I mean, while yeah, I gather I mean, my thoughts. Yes. My thought was basically, I mean, it's that David Tennant scene in Doctor Who as the 10th Doctor where he was like, what? What? That was my face and me. Like that gif. And that, that clip is it was me when I read the news. I was sitting in my apartment, completely stunned, just I couldn't wrap my mind. I'm, I still can't wrap my mind around it um, for many and, reasons. Yeah, <laughs> and, and it's interesting because I don't know if you read um, the interview that Michael Logan did with Ingo, but Ingo had actually auditioned for this recurring role um, that's now going to be played by Francisco Martin, who is on um, Jane the Virgin, as um, mm-hmm. someone who's involved with Sheila, you know, helping okay. Sheila with her crazy plan to be um, Mrs. Eric Forrester again. And, um, you know, apparently Brad was so impressed by Ingo, or he just decided, you know, this role is not right for you. I want you to play Thorn. And, um, you know, he signed him to a contract to play this role, um, which, as we know, like, Windsor Herman had been recurring for, like, the last four or five years. So that means that there must actually be a storyline coming up with Thorne, um, <laughs> because I can't – I mean, yeah, and it, it, and it, it kind of – well, first of all, not that, not that Windsor Herman and – um, Ron Moss looked like they could even be half siblings, but it's like you know Irish Ridge and Australian Thorn. You know we've already got cousin Koala Ivy. <laughs> yeah, it's 
I mean, I feel like, I mean, they have a huge market in Australia. So, um, you know, and they're constantly going down there for promo, for, for PR, for location shoots. And so I understand, you know, the appeal uh, to the world stage, you know, when they, um, although I'm not sure how popular a go Rademacher is in Australia. So really, I have yeah, no I idea. Yeah, I mean, he hasn't lived there in like 20-something years. Um, yeah. But my thing is, you know, the way that Thorne has been played apart from, you know, his Romeo and Juliet story with Macy is that, you know, Thorne has kind of been like, you know, the sad sack to Ridge, who, you know, was Stephanie's favorite child and, you know, even Eric's favorite child. And Thorne was like the also ran who never got considered for anything. And I kind of feel, you know, isn't that what Jack's kind of was on General Hospital? You know, he was um, like... My thoughts are, yeah, my thoughts exactly. I mean, in a lot of ways, okay, when you say it like that, it almost makes sense. Because you're right, Jax was positioned very similarly as always the also-ran second choice. I mean, generally a better guy than most of the other guys on the show, and yet still always coming in second and so in that or respect, third in in the case behind Sonny and Jason <laughs> yes yes so in that respect you're right there is a certain amount of similarity between the roles of Thorne and Jax but you know this goes back to you know your point about Ron Moss and Windsor Harmon or actually and before Windsor Harmon Jeff Tracta you know versus Torsten Kay and Ingo Rademacher um, both Torsten and Ingo come, came from roles, are coming from roles where they were wildly recognizable and popular. I mean, Jack yeah. and Zach Slater. And we've already had trouble adjusting to, you know, Zach Forrester in, in a way. I mean, that's not a knock to Torsten's performance. He's a phenomenal actor. But it's he is. It's not felt like it's it has not felt like Rich. It has felt like a completely different character. And um I feel like Ingo coming in with that heavy weight of the Jax character behind him, it's just gonna be another permutation of Jax rather than Thorn. Yeah, it, and it's interesting that you you mentioned that because one of the other things that Ingo um said in the interview is he pointed out that when he was hired to play Jackson General Hospital, his character initially was supposed to be um, in a love triangle with Lois and Ned. He was mm-hmm. never intended to be in a love story with Brenda. So now we have Quinn, played by Rena Sofer, who played Lois. So not that we need to have um, Quinn falling for yet another Forrester's son, but, you know, it makes me wonder um, if that played also played a factor in Ingo being hired because he has a history with Rena Sofer oh, from GH. Oh, my heart. You, you just sent me back to the very first appearance of Jax. I was, I can't remember how old I was. Let's not talk about how old I was. But I remember when he, Lois walks into his office and he turn and he turns around, and you just saw that that gorgeous bl- blonde 
God, turn around and fix those baby blues on you. Whew. And he and Lois did have chemistry. But yeah, they did. Lois and Ned was just such a juggernaut at the time. Um, and they were really the root for. They were the root for. So Jax didn't have a shot with, with Lois. But, well, and, also, but they clearly, yeah. Yeah, and, and, you know, they'd also come off the, the whole Catherine Bell, Ned, Lois yeah. storyline. Yeah. So I think that the powers that be felt that Ned and Lois deserved to be happy yes. for a while. Yeah. And, you know, Brenda and Sonny definitely needed a little oomph um, in, in that area. So, I mean, here's the thing. And I I loved that gif that someone put up on Twitter about Game of Thorns. Oh, yes. That made me laugh. Matt Hanby. I'm pretty sure it was Matt Hanby who was like the gif master of Bold and the Beautiful fandom. He's phenomenal. And um, that was hilarious. And, and I'd completely forgotten about Clayton Norcross. It, it kind of feels like when you don't, you stop playing Thorn, you go into some kind of witness, witness protection program for former <laughs> Thorns. I would actually watch it if I were Ingo. He might end up, you're right, he could vanish after this. Because <laughs> we've seen Jeff Tracta since he left Bold and the Beautiful. I mean, <laughs> and, you know, so I, so here's here's my my storyline. Um, if, if I were writing the Bold and the mm-hmm. Beautiful, um, I would have Thorne come back and I would have him either engaged or married to Sasha. Oh. I mean, I, was, I just want Sasha back. She was great. She had great yeah. energy. But, you know, have Sasha come back with, you know, with Thorne and waving her ring and being like, you know, I married a real forester, um, uh-huh. you know, as opposed to Zenday wannabe forester, and have, like, Thorne really have some oomph behind him and not be just the, the sad sack who sits in the basement. Yeah. Which is well, pretty I'm much worried. where Thorne was. Yeah. I'm worried because they haven't even really been able to find a viable story for Ridge since recasting him. And Ridge, as you point out, has always been, you know, a very important character on the canvas. And they just keep shuffling, to, you know, Torsten Ridge around like a ping pong ball. And I'm just afraid that the same thing is going to happen no matter what they do with Thorne. I mean, if they choose to play him with Brooke, if they choose to play him elsewhere on the canvas, it's just going to be a matter of chemistry test after chemistry test and, you know, failed story after failed story, which is and a disservice it's a shame. to the actor and the fans. And it's a shame because they actually, they actually had a winning storyline when they put when they put Ridge with Caroline, Caroline. and they sort of, I were, that. When, when they were re sort of recreating, you know, that the, the Ridge Caroline, you know, storyline and for, and the actors seemed to be totally into it. And yes, then for whatever reason, chemistry, yeah, it was amazing. It was and the best story that Ridge, this incarnation of Ridge has had because it was hot it was forbidden. The actors were clearly having a blast. You know, you have and then to, they ruined it. And then they ruined it. And so I'm afraid um, that Thorne coming in is just going to be more of that same 
it's my biggest pet peeve when soaps bring on an actor just for the sake of bringing on an actor and have no idea what to do. What um, to do with them. Yeah. So Yeah, actually, they don't have a clear trajectory. Right. Um, this is and, actually a, why I love what Ron Carlovati is doing on Days right now is because he clearly came in having read everyone's histories. You know, he always hits the books. You can tell. Ron hits the books. Um, well, because he's a he, huge, uh, huge soap fan. He's a huge soap nerd. I love that about him. So he always has a plan. It may not always be a good plan, but, but he, has he has a one. plan for he has one. He has a plan for every character, um, and he knew what he was going to do with everybody when when he took over, which is great. And I want more shows, you know, Bold and the Beautiful, General Hospital, and Y and R, you know, to take a page from that book. You know, you can't just stunt cast. You know, you have to have a plan. Well, yeah, and you know, to talk about days because I. You know, I grew up watching Days. Days was one of the first soaps that that I watched back in the Doug, Julie, Dawn days and early mm-hmm. Marlena. Um, and then I, you know, I wasn't watching it for a while. And then I was watching it again when EJ and Abby were having their affair. And then I stopped yeah, watching it again. Um, but, you know, for the purpose of this podcast, I watched – Two episodes this week. I watched um, Wednesday's episode when they were having the, um, you know, the bachelor bachelorette yeah. parties, and yeah. and I watched Thursday's episode. And one of the things that really struck me, and I think it's, you know, something that Days has been doing very well the past couple of years, but also now with with Ron is how um, in- interconnected everyone is on the campus. Yes. No one's isolated in their own little story off in a corner. Um, bachelor party on days, you know, when um, the guys left Andre and yeah. with, the, with the ascots and the duck dinner and went to Brady's pub, and there were like 10 actors in this scene. And I was just thinking about how in General Hospital, when Ned had his bachelor party, it was Ned, Michael, Dylan, and Dante, that yeah. was like it. Like no, yeah. you know, like no Alexis like dressing up like as Dobson for old times' sake and coming to the bachelor party, or you know Scotty coming or Mac, and it was just like it was like the saddest wedding, you know Olivia and Ned I've ever seen, and then I compared it to watching Days, where like everyone's involved. And everyone's having scenes, you know, there's Justin shaving, you know, yeah, Sunny as a karaoke tradition and, you know, talking about, you know, Deimos and the whole thing and, and, you know, Victor giving Sunny marriage advice from his five marriages. It was beautiful. And then, and even, you know, John and Marlena, I mean, Marlena's like, you know, they couldn't fly in Paul's mother from Japan. I guess they, you know, whatever. Uh, can't have too many Asians on one show, I guess. Um, but <laughs> but I love that, you know, Marlena and John were giving him vow advice. And that even at the wedding on Friday, which that church was full. I cannot remember the last time on a soap wedding where the church set was actually full. Like, or that they actually uh, used a church and not someone's living room. Right, or a park, or fake park. Um, it was amazing. Or a hotel ballroom. 
<laughs> every pew filled, you know, all of Salem, and the fact that you knew everyone was interrelated, like people from the bride side and the groom side, everyone's married each other at some point. <laughs> so it's yeah. like one giant family in that church, and it's just wonderful. And, and again, because Ron does his homework, you know, he actually made sure that Paul in his vows spoke Japanese and called out to his mother and grandmother who weren't there. I mean, that level of care, um, I just, yeah, I, like, wow. Even <laughs> even at the bachelorette party when, you know, Hope was talking to Kayla about, you know, Joey and, you yes. know, just being really loving, you know, you remembered, oh, yeah, they're sisters-in-law, longstanding, and just, like, the, the love and the caring. And, see, that's why one of the things that, you know, I think soaps need to do and hopefully and take a leaf out of Ron's book is if you're going to have a wedding, you know, make it special. I don't care where you, you know, costs or, you know, if you have to save pennies somewhere, but make it special so that you can have all of the actors there and not have, you know, make up some story like these 15 people all of a sudden had to work at the hospital that night. Yeah. So that you can I mean, have a, like a real wedding. Yeah. There was a moment of, of, um, of that with the bachelor parties where why were John and Jennifer missing? Um, and they were stupid. There were some dumb excuses, but yeah. you know, they more than made up for it by having everybody at the actual wedding, um, which was wonderful. And so when I see, like, you know, a soap, like, bold and beautiful, just forgetting the basics sometimes just to drive these crazy stories, um, it's frustrating because then you can turn a channel and you can see, you know, on The Young and the Restless, they're mining the history of Cassie again, which I love when they do, you know, when you root a story in the show's history authentically, people care. I mean, there's a reason people care about Sheila. Uh, I'm not a big Sheila fan. Uh, I don't really care. Uh, at least not on the Bull and the Beautiful. I'd rather see her on YNR. But people care because she and Eric have a history. You know, a lot of this Liam stuff right now is ticking people off because it for them it's not rooted as much in history. Um, no, but but what is rooted in history and what they seem to be, and I don't know if they're going to go there, but, you know, they're remembering the chemistry between Steffi and Bill. Bill, yeah, yeah. And it's, since, it's basically, you know, I feel like that's where they're, they're – that's what they're leading to, um, yeah. I think. Yeah. But again, where's Thorne you know, going to factor into this? How does Thorne yeah. factor into anything going on right now? You know, well, so that's what I was just thinking. I was like, it seems strange, considering how many people they already have on this canvas. And I know that right. they're losing they're losing Thomas because he's off with Caroline in New York, and and um, the canvas is already it's, so full, and they still right. have actors who they don't really use, like Ivy. Like, right. you know, Rick and Maya. Yeah. So it's I kind mean, of like, gosh, why are you bringing back playing... Thorne? Yeah. Why, why, why bring back Thorne if you can't even use who you already have? Um, 
that's that's what worries me because again using days as the example i feel like i'm just <laughs> i am like no but it it's it's important because you know from what i've heard you know they've got like julie has has given doug like doug's place so yes, he can have his own wonderful. club oh, he serenaded her with I love you truly and they slow danced and it was the best. It was such a beautiful moment. Um, it, yeah. I mean, they're using everybody, you know, where, where they can. And, and that's impressive. Um, admittedly, Bold and the Beautiful only has 17 minutes an episode. Um, so that ties them up a little, but when you've got Jr. you know, uh, Jr. <laughs> Rick, I'm sorry, Rick. <laughs> when you have Jr. and Maya, <laughs> and you're not using them, I just don't know what yeah. they're going to do with Thorn. I just don't. I mean, we don't need another Forrester coup. We don't. Especially no, since that's and... playing out at... Because Spencer is in upheaval right now. You don't need two um, company coups playing out at the same time. Right? Um no, and and, and you, you've already sort of, again, set up this whole um, Nicole and Lizzie thing. So it's kind yes. of like, well, again, are you bringing in Thorne? Is Thorne going to have something to do with Sheila? Is that why you're bringing Thorne on? For, like, Sheila I'd... to be like, oh, well, I'm going to seduce Thorne while I'm waiting to seduce Eric? I mean, <laughs> is is that where... I mean, that's the only oh thing I God. can, I, you know, I mean, otherwise, there's no other reason for Thorne to be on the canvas right now, unless right. you're going to tie it in somehow to the Sheila storyline. Right. Or, bro- I mean, and we all know Brooke's the welcome, ma- I, I, the welcome wagon, and I say that with love. I adore that Brooke Logan, I, I actually coined to Brooke Logan, to Brooke Logan is to sleep your way through a family, and I mean that with love. I mean, she'll probably, I mean, uh, will she and Thorne have a thing? Because she's on the rebound now, and maybe Ridge won't work out? Um, I don't know. I um, I have no idea. But See, again, you know, going back to Dave, like, Ron is bringing back, um, you know, characters, even though characters you may not want back on the show, like, right. um like Petey from Ab- All My Children. Um, oh, Abby's, um, a- Abby's psychotic ex-husband boyfriend that she lit on fire. Um, thing. And his father, Crazy yeah. Pants. And, right. and the other Kiriakis, Xander, oh, for some storyline. The, the, the really hot Kiri- They can bring on all the hot Kiriakis and they want. I'm. <laughs> but, but I guess, you know, they're going to break out of prison. Why not? But they have a purpose. But they have a purpose. Ben's coming back, not for the sake of Ben coming back. Ben's coming back as Abigail's <laughs> getting married. And what a great time to have that character be a spoiler. Um, and the same thing with Will, whatever they're doing there. I have no idea if they're going to bring him back alive, if he's just a ghost or conscience. But they're playing it beautifully in terms of threading Will throughout the entire canvas to lead up to whatever they're doing. Yeah. Well, Sammy's coming back. Right. Right. 
and Sammy. Um, whereas with Thorne, she's like, is he just going to show up? Like, hey, guys, I'm here. <laughs> Especially <laughs> since we, have, we haven't seen Thorne in a year. I think the last time that he came back was um, just to not go to Eric's wedding. And then, you know, Eric collapsed, and then he and Felicia were gone. I mean, he certainly right. didn't show up for, like, Steffi's wedding in Australia. Yeah. And they keep forget, and they keep forgetting that, you know, Allie, he had a daughter who died. Um, and it was, what, Steffi's fault? Um, yeah. Maybe they're, maybe they're finally going to pull the trigger on that. Um, who knows? But I just worry well, that I there's mean, no I hope plan. so. I hope so. I mean, again, what you just mentioned, you know, if Thorne's been stewing in Paris this entire time about, you know, his place in the family, the fact that his niece killed his daughter, um, and nobody seems to care, um, you know, it would be nice if he came in with a plan for revenge, and maybe it involves using Sheila. You know, they both have a two-pronged thing to get together she wants Eric and he wants to screw over Ridge you know so that might lead into the whole Ridge Quinn thing maybe um I I don't know if we were writing Bold and the Beautiful (laughs) yeah I wish we were you know uh because for a while there I was back I was checked in I was invested you know the Liam Bill stuff was interesting to me um but I just feel like the execution was off. And now with Thorne coming in, I'm even more worried about the balance um, and the storytelling. And um, well, and I'm just... And also, you know, we have to factor in some real-life stuff here politically. Um, Ingo Rademacher... Ingo's a Republican? Been, yeah, well, Windsor Harmon is too. So there's that. You're really just trading one Republican thorn for another. Um, but, you know, the fan bases have have had a very contentious time with Ingo. He, he has fought with fans on yeah. Twitter over politics. And, and, I, and I worry that that also will cast a shadow on this decision. Because, you know, fans are loyal until they aren't, until they feel slighted. And uh, so I, I worry about that as well. Well, he and Kimberlyn Brown can commiserate about <laughs> that you. because, like, the fans really turned on her for speaking yeah. at the Republican National Convention, even though her contention is that she was invited as a small farmer to right. speak. She wasn't there necessarily as a Republican. Yeah, Whatever. so they can eat some guacamole in their dressing rooms and figure out what they're going to do, you know, with her <laughs> from her avocado farm. Um, and and um, so I don't know. I just think that, you know, we're seeing which soaps are 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 doing things right, and and we're seeing which soaps are making missteps. And well, um, definitely, Dave seems to be making. Um, Big strides. I mean, the two episodes that I watched this week, I was intrigued enough to want to watch more, particularly um, when Justin and Victor were talking about Adrian, when, you know, she swanned in in the white dress. (laughs) And, you know, Victor was like, she hit on me. And Justin was like, what? (laughs) It made me laugh so hard. 
um, God bless John Aniston. Um, yeah. Uh, if you can go back and watch Friday's wedding episode because it will, especially since it's, yeah they, they haven't put it up on Walker. demand yet. Yeah, yeah they haven't well, put the it up on demand you, yet. The fact that you talked about Ned and Olivia's wedding, like watch a wedding where Wally Curtis actually gets to shine, and it's not even his character's wedding. Ooh, well, I mean, okay, we've got ninety seconds left in this podcast, according to the lovely British-voiced woman. For uh, okay, who does the <laughs> so what do we want to say in our last 90 seconds? Go well, for it. I guess hopefully in our next podcast, we can talk more about Liam and his savior complex oh, and, yeah. <laughs> and maybe talk some more about the young and the restless. Um, you can catch me up on that and I'll watch some of that so we can really have a, a chat about that. Absolutely. And General Hospital, we have to figure out what they're doing with Jason. You need to update me on that because I'm behind. <laughs> Well, hopefully something will have happened with that. Um, yeah. And that show is just a hot mess. I mean, really, well, it, it just is. And there we'll, you go. we'll be able to talk about that and Barbara Bloom joining the writing staff at GH. Yes, definitely. So, yeah, I think that's pretty much a good way to wrap this up. GH is, GH is next on our list, as is YNR, to discuss. And uh, we hope you tune in the next time. Thank you so much for joining us on Serial Coma. Yay! Yay!